It's okay. Don't <laughs> it's worry about fine. it. We can edit things. Everyone hates the I think voice. you sound fine, actually. I make do. me lower. You know. Make you sound more like top. Do you want me to turn the bass bro. up on your voice? You know, like a straight bro. <laughs> yeah, you know bro. Do that. Hold on, hold on. Everyone hates their voice, man. Everyone right, talks now. It's common. Hello. Yeah, it does turn the bass up. Okay. Do you hear the difference? A little bit. <laughs> Meaning, did it dampen the gay out? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah, dampen the gay out. What is a gay voice? Oh my god. I don't know. Oh my god. We call it the voice. It's uh, yeah. it's mode switching. It's like speaking in gay. Yeah. I well, and same with ebonics. The same shit. Yeah. Hey, someone yo, someone told me that I have a gay accent. A gay a accent. Gay? And I was like, okay, I'll take it. Whatever. A gay where, accent. Where did this uh, gay accent? Yeah. Are we all from like one country? country? Like where did gay land? Place? We're all from gay I land. Know. From the Fire Ireland. Island. Fire, Fire Ireland. Ireland. <laughs> I love it. Fire Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> the infamous Fire Ireland. <laughs> the infamous Fire Ireland. Yeah. Where all the gay leprechauns go. Oh, that'd be funny. <laughs> That's very accurate, though. That's very accurate. It's close, right? It's pretty, it's pretty damn close. Yeah. Um, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> all right let me start let me yeah, see yeah. it's gonna be 71 yep i'm just gonna say simon simon what are your what's what are your preferred titles you got author father uh i was gonna say jacksonated gay dad jacksonated gay dad that was that was the uh one we were kicking around that's a good one <laughs> i usually go by human because you know all those titles like i get it yeah they're like, all identity politics shit well like I understand when someone's like, for example, very influential or like when someone introduces Dr. Peterson, they start listing all of those things, but yep. yeah. I wouldn't be at the point where you don't have to list all of that. My name is more than enough. Like okay. you don't have to say the famous singer, you know, platinum record, like uh, singer, Britney Spears, you just say Britney and everyone knows her, right? Exactly. I don't like when people are like, you're this, you're that and this and that. <laughs> You know? Yeah, we started titling our episodes just the name. Like I had before, I would have it like name and like subject matter, and then yeah. I started putting the names and leaving it just kind of the names clean without a title or anything. The daddy, the daddy. <laughs> That's yeah. a good one. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Dangerous Rhetoric. This is episode seventy-one. So many episodes, so little time. Yeah, I can't believe seventy-one already. We've recorded, we've recorded like three things this week. Yeah, we did. This was a good week. Some weeks we like don't record shit. And Other then weeks I'm we recording like... again tomorrow. Oh, oh yeah, we're gonna oh, yeah. go out on the street oh, yeah. tomorrow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, share the video with just one friend if you really want to help the channel grow. Um, and if you want to give us money, there's donation links in the description. We like money. Money's great. Give us your money. Oh, help us do this. Today with us we have Father, amazing, uh, Jacksonated gay dad Simon Sukarev. I, I, I butchered it. Say it again, Sukarev. 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 With the Russian accent, it, it's Sukarev. But I don't expect y'all to say that. This I Sukarev. like that. I like that. Yeah. No, I got it. Sukarev. Yeah, I got it. Sort of. no. How many languages do you speak, by the way, Simon? Um, roughly about five. Um, I speak Russian and English fluently. Like, I, I can say that English is my native language but right now it's my first language i think in english because you know 90 percent of my life is in english i also speak french hungarian and a little bit of german okay so one of the one of the things i actually wanted to talk to you about uh, when i invited you on was so you're you're an immigrant correct you're not born in the yes. united states yes. and you know i noticed you're you're definitely someone who exudes a bit of patriotism you love america you like being here you're someone who speaks of the country in a very positive light i've noticed on twitter and, you know, is, do you think your experience as an immigrant is part of the reason that you speak so highly of it? Because I definitely noticed this amongst other friends of mine who are immigrants and as opposed to, say, people I know who aren't, who tend to trash the country a little more easily than people, say, who aren't from here and have been, you know, have come from another place and they have a different experience. I think it makes them appreciate it more. Yeah, I think so. Because, um, you know, I get to compare things and how everything is when i was growing up in russia you know it's kind of funny when i hear people say here things like oh you don't know when it's like when 
you're scared of the you know police how they want to get you based on your skin color like in russia everyone was afraid of police because it's normal for them to ask you for your passport you always have to carry it with you and it doesn't matter whether you're a citizen or not police can do that and for me also um since i'm male they have mandatory military service so if the police caught me and then i didn't serve they would send me to sign the paperwork so they would send me somewhere in the middle of nowhere to serve in the military i wouldn't want to do it um and also knowing how like laws work how rights work i definitely love this country and what it has to offer and it's kind of, it kind of saddens me to see when people who are born here they can apply for millions of scholarships they can find they can get millions of jobs they don't know what it's like to do with uscis they say things like oh it's the worst country you can't do anything like you have examples of people who came from nothing and now they're billionaires like even opera she went through terrible abuse she was not born in a wealthy family she's a billion dollar woman yeah right so when you see that social change or even with Ilan omar she was a refugee and now she's a congresswoman it's a power it shows that the model here works you can actually become a lawmaker it's not something you see in europe a lot um, what i didn't like about europe because i got to live there mm -hmm. as an ethnic hungarian every time i was somewhere in hungary i heard things like you're not hungarian enough even though i was ethnically hungarian right and people used to say things like oh you don't know this because you didn't grow up here right so they're so um exclusive in that sense that you can never become part of that society well in the us it doesn't matter where you come from it doesn't matter how you speak you can be seen as a an integral part of this community that's what i really like about this country and yeah i'm gonna leave it at that so what you're saying is that this place isn't this like crazy racist horrible place where you know minorities like you as a gay man you're being hunted down around every corner and it's just very dangerous for you here you know no it's <laughs> not not at all oh i think in terms of gays we we've achieved that equality with the 2015 court ruling right when marriage equality became a thing in the, in the whole country since then i don't like right now with you can see taylor swift pushing this like gender identity thing mm -hmm. thing i don't think it's the right way and you can see also based on the stats the lgbt acceptance is dropping and i'm not surprised like when you see people like men in beards wearing dresses playing with kids saying that this is my right or you see drag queens playing with kids giving them money tipping them yeah you know yeah it's, it's something brent and i have also been very concerned about i was i was gonna bring it up actually I it's had, one of the subjects we were going to talk to you about so i'm you glad see, you brought it up you see the the most recent limbs of tiktok the one where the she's showing the, the little girl with the yeah. square thing yeah hold on i i think i saw part of it when you had it on earlier i didn't really get to like pay atten much attention though i didn't listen to it either but it's just it feels like every week now every other day there's some new video emerging of some just highly inappropriate thing happening you know in the presence of kids and i, I should say highly inappropriate because it's in the presence of kids and look exactly. brett and, and i love drag shows we've been to drag shows we have friends who are drag queens um you know it is a big cultural thing in the gay community and it's supposed to be body it's supposed to be lewd it's supposed to be like edgy that that's kind of the point of it so me personally i don't even understand why anyone would want to include kids into that because me personally i wouldn't be able to enjoy it with kids around or or try to i don't know make a more family friendly drag show and like try to water it down a bit to have kids include it then that's just a boring ass drag show you don't need the uh, audio really yeah then it's just you know a boring right. drag show as you can see like, yeah. this is barely clothed queen with like you know her junk out his junk out <laughs> uh in heels you know i, I don't what the giving I don't, things giving a dollar to the child yeah see like, but that that's a big thing too it's the tipping and all that stuff that, that it's getting, what strippers do getting that money in exchange for performance yeah. i mean this is and look at the way she's dressed that is not appropriate for children yeah it's like bondage like snm type gear and it's like look if you want to do that shit, do it in your your private 
adult spaces where that stuff happens. And honestly, these, and these, these kids should know better. Like, as, yeah. as members of the community, they should what community, know Brent? better. The what gay com community. The gay community. The gay community. <laughs> Is the there such a thing as gay community, though? I'm making yeah, it up, yeah. but it's a social construct. I mean, I think there are communities. It's, just, it's the idea that all of us as gay yeah. people somehow exist in a space together just I think, because we are interested in other men. I think there are gay communities within. I agree with that. Community. Yeah. And same with, you know, lesbian communities and trans communities. And like, yeah, but it's like our experience, our experiences are all very different. And one of the things Brent and I talk about in the show too a lot is this idea of forced teaming with the LGBTQ, you know, a gay experience, very different. The and alphabet I, people. A gay man experience is different <laughs> than a lesbian experience, which is different than, than thinking you're trans and that sort of thing. That's, that's its own thing. And even a bisexual experience is a very unique thing that someone like me as a gay man don't, like, I don't understand that, you know, there's certain problems that they might encounter that are and very kink different. And BDSM, that's a yeah. whole nother thing. But that's not a sexual identity. Those are sexual practices. And then just, you know, maybe so. having like a little cos cosplay, that's, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. You know, these days people can be like, oh, I love, I don't know, like McDonald's burger. That means that I'm a burger, like, feel or something like that that's my identity burger lover burger lover you know and my pronouns are i don't know like macaroni and cheese cheese and buns <laughs> yeah. yours, yours it's got to be buns and it's, it's kind of weird when you go also down that list when you see like i whatever like when you see things like demisexual you're just bisexual who's very introverted yeah right you're not, I'm not trying to say like, you're not special. That's not the thing, but. Isn't demisexual just like you actually have to have like an emotional interest in the person. That right. That's what I'm saying. Like you're, you're a bisexual yeah. introvert. That's I'm it. Sort of like I'm that, like, that, that used to be considered normal. normal. Yeah. That's not like a, <laughs> and they, want their, they all want their own little fucking flags. You know, just probably like a side note that I don't think gays are that interested in emotional connection as much as we want to us to be. I think a lot of it is there, there's definitely a lot of trauma in the gay community. And right. thing we talk about here too, you know, dad issues, trauma, stuff like that. And maybe there's a fear of it, you know, fear of emotional connection of that vulnerability and that, that sort of thing. And I don't know. It's, it's, I think you're correct though in your assessment that there's a lot of avoidance of it in the gay community yeah. and facing themselves, facing their emotions, et cetera. There's a lot of shame still, despite how far we've come. We sort of jumped ahead, though. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. That, I want to see more of your story, Simon. Yeah, well, we jumped into, like, drag queens and, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But I guess we could backtrack a bit to, you know, your story. Like, when when did you come to the United States exactly? In 2016. So, okay. you know, which kind of ties to my story, what we were talking about. So before, I used to be married to a woman. And I'm a father. Like, I delivered my kid. Okay. You know, been there, done that, so to say, like check mark. My yeah, parents should be happy. Right? Something else we wanted to talk about too. Right. Oh, dad. And when I was getting like, when I was, like became open and I started uh, talking to other gay people in Austin, it was kind of um, in a way insulting when they were assuming, they were thinking in those boxes that I must be bi because I have a kid. Yeah. You know, because I went down there, so to say, I tried the fish. And <laughs> I have to admit, like regular fish, I do love pokey, but women, not that much. Sorry. Um, I love it. Anyways, so before, like, I got married when I was 18 because um, wow. when I was growing up and realizing that. Man. Tradition yeah. and all that. I get it, dude. I get it. Like. When I was realizing all of this, I heard so many homophobic comments. Then, of course, I tried to change it, tried to make my parents feel happier rather than yeah. realize that I know it's going to sound very sad, but they're going to die one day and no one's going to live my life. That's I'm going to live my life. That's true. So what you went through, I have a term for it. I call it the trying to be straight phase. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, let me just try it. Maybe if I just try to be with a woman and do this and that, it'll like change me and make me correct or normal and right how it fucking works <laughs> no it doesn't and it was very embarrassing for both of us and i came out to her before our marriage so i wasn't like girl surprise i love dick two weeks and we're divorcing <laughs> no it wasn't like that right i came out to her before our marriage and i remember when 
at that time I used to live in St. Petersburg. We were walking there and I was offering her, hey, what if we live like this famous person, you sleep with other men and I sleep with other men. And we just talk around, you know, and live like friends. She was like, no, I will change you. You know, it didn't work. Yeah. obviously um some people do that though i actually tweeted about this the other day that like that is a thing there are people who get together and they marry purely as like a business contractual oh. arrangement yeah if together maybe they're close friends but they like don't do anything sexual at all and they get all of those needs met outside of marriage that's a thing it's interesting that's how gays live in russia and that's yeah. how like they usually partner with other lesbians huh. so then they get to have they get to raise kids together and they get to enjoy the rights of a married couple in a wow. way. Yeah, um, um, it's a very popular model. Um, with us, we just tried, it didn't work. Like I'd say, you know, that one time when I tried to act straight, so to say, um, I became a father and you know, what's that's kind so, of- That's crazy though. It's like the one time you like were able to kind of do, do it. You, you get a <laughs> yeah i just think my son needed to be born yeah man yeah and the universe was like this is in your path this is right and what was also funny like now i think it's funny on the very same day when she was about to tell me she was pregnant i was walking home in budapest i was screaming like i'm gay i'm not ashamed of it um so i come home and i say hey honey I'd like to talk to you because i was a, i was going to break up with her because i realized that it's not going to work out between us she said no let me say first this is like a movie dude right she said i'm pregnant oh my god and i was like oh shit i was so sad i was like wow. flabbergasted or whatever that word and she was like what did you want to tell me about why are you so sad and i'm like um my work is yeah i i handled some cases very well wow you know um and <laughs> I fell into like serious depression after that because I was struggling still with my parents and trying to accept yes. myself. And my depression was due to realizing the fact that it doesn't matter what I do as a father, I'm going to be responsible for certain things my son wished I should have done. Because we all have those moments from our childhood, right? Where I, I you think wish your parents had something different. I think it's impossible for a parent to get every single thing right. And, you know, I think you're going to have to accept that there, there will be things perhaps that you fuck up and get wrong and you're going to just have to deal with it later. You know, it's just what it is, but yeah. just try your best. That's all it comes down to. As long as you're trying and you're self-aware and you know that like, like just the fact that you're even talking about that and bringing that up already tells me you're like looking at it in the correct way. Yeah. Like one of the things that I do with my son, I never hesitate to apologize if I did something wrong. Cause I want to show them that, I'm an adult and also make mistakes. We're both learning, even though like I have higher authority, but I'm also a human who doesn't know everything. But anyways, we eventually moved to the US and um, at that time she gave birth and I delivered my son, which I'm very proud of Wow! Um, at home. That's um, beautiful. And which makes me also almost not entirely, but so against the hospital system and how they mistreat women, if only you knew. Like for instance, just side note for those who never thought about it, like natural we have gravity right so when you go to the bathroom you sit down so things fall out naturally imagine if you were to do that laying on your back that's what happens to women in hospitals they have to push an eight pound baby laying on their backs because it's more convenient for the doctor to pick up the baby yeah without the works, gravity right it, it works against gravity because women used to deliver babies squatting so in that sense i'm like i have so many questions but anyways we eventually <laughs> we decided to separate because um we both realized that it was not working out and i'm gonna give my ex-spouse huge credit when on one of thanksgiving dinners she said i feel like there is something you have but you don't want to tell me about feel free to share it if you want to and i told her that whatever we've been doing it's not working i still fell in love with this dude i can't help it i i like man and that's when she she read my facebook messages she did all of that dirty laundry but i'm not an angel you know who is um, right i mean i was trying to change myself also um uh, we're all adults here while blowing someone in the bathroom stall of a popular mall in st petersburg you know wow <laughs> things happen but um Edit. <laughs> she, you know she insisted on us separating yeah and at that time uh, i decided to finally come out to my parents and we separated 
I didn't know what I was going to do here. Um, I eventually got a job at Apple after a couch surfing, surfing with my friend. And then I was dating, fed, found my husband, and we've been living here together ever since. So that's like in a nutshell, long story short. It's that that the the come the coming out part and the pregnancy thing. <laughs> it's just like the way all that happened was like a movie scene to me. That's crazy, man. Another movie scene thing. I guess I I you know as an as a person of art because I used to be a musician. I, I also came out to my parents on my birthday, thinking that it was gonna be I was gonna give myself a gift. Okay. Um, it didn't work out as I expected. You yeah. know? Uh, I <laughs> In the movies, you they make you believe like, oh, we love you, honey. Yeah. You're so good. Be whoever you are. That was not the case. My dad was like, I came out to my dad first. He was like, honey, bring the vodka. You know, <laughs> he started listening to me. <laughs> Such a Russian response. <laughs> right. Um, um, I, re I recalled one. I think it's a funny scene how when I was 13, I was browsing. You, do you remember there was a browser called Opera? And by default, it used to keep all of your tabs, I don't which I forgot that. about one day. Yeah, that's an older thing. Oh, right? oh. And one day I left. Um, there was this wonderful director, um, Sean Cody. <laughs> very interesting movies. And I, I left that page open when I was 13. Um, and I remember my dad called me and said, like, Simon, come over here. So oh, I see no. that. I, I turned red. I was like, oh shit. I my heart was shaking. I didn't I'm, know what to say. I'm feeling everything right? you're describing right now. Then at 13, I said, Dad, I think we have a virus. <laughs> let me let me clear the let me do the job. I can't you see I'm shaking. I can't look at it. I'm so ashamed of that. I can't. And he like he bought it. And then later when I came out at recall that story like i told him like remember that story that wasn't a virus <laughs> yeah so um and then he was fine with it but then my mom sent me a um, message that she didn't like it they disowned me but um, it took me about two and a half years for to restore that connection yeah even though my husband still doesn't exist but i'm not a bitter bitch like my husband doesn't exist to them yeah. i'm not a bitter betty and i'd rather talk to my parents because one day they're going to die. And I don't want them to die thinking, like, I held that grudge. Yeah. That's the mature story. That's know, the mature way to deal with it, also, to be honest. Some people, you know, can only meet you yeah. so far. You got to meet them where they are. You have to meet them where they are. And that's and that's just the best you can do. And, you know, you well, it. it sounds like they're at least making some efforts. And that shows that they, they love you, obviously, and they care enough to try to keep that yeah. connection going to some extent. So, yeah, it's, I think it's important for you to also show that same effort toward them. But, you know, you can still keep your boundaries with your family and you're supposed to the older you get anyway like like you said your life is yours and no one's gonna live it for you so if you you know if we as gay men if we go around always trying to live up to the expectations of what our parents think you know we're all gonna be miserable oh, yeah. that's the worst thing you can do is to live by your parents expectations i'm not saying like live against them yeah i guess there's different stages you know what i find confusing in gay community they think doing everything against their parents means they're free. No, you're acting like a teenager. Because yes. that's what teenagers do. They're oh, like, no, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to break all the norms. And then like you wonder, like, what are you going to do afterwards? Yep. So that's what I see also why there's a lot of um, irresponsible drug abuse among gays. They they are not as good as, as about their statuses, yeah. you know, whether like how often they get tested and things like that. Because they feel ashamed and they want to show everyone, like, look how free I am. I can take 10 dicks in a week. Like, I think it, there's, like, a sweet spot with the parent, right. to be honest. Because, like, you need to have some expectations of your kid or they're they're not going to have anything that they want to strive toward. Right. So, But you also can't have such high expectations of them that they're constantly always falling short of those expectations. You're going you're gonna to fuck them up. So. Yeah, and I, I tell you, overall, you know... Um, the less you expect, the happier you are. Even with people who like sometimes when my husband doesn't do things the way I want him to do, I realize that those were my expectations and I cannot expect another human being to do what I want him to do. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And that as soon as like I realized that, 
my stress reduced dramatically. Like if I don't get the service, I, unless like if it's paid and I sign the contract and you don't do the things according to the contract, then I'm going to sue you or I'm going to do something. But you know, as humans interact, I just like either block them or I like uh, say like, okay, whatever you do you, you know, because I'm not going to expect you to do the things that I want you to do. You have your own brain for it. I have my own problems. For real. Totally. So. Um, how old is your son, by the way? He's five. Yeah, I became a father when I was 22 or 23. It's a good age. I mean, yeah. you'll you'll have a close bond with him for sure. And he, you'll, you'll have that time to see him Does he live with age. you here in America or is he with um, He's here. Um, before that, before we moved to Dallas-Fort Worth area, I used to have custody of him every weekend unless she took him for, I know, some vacation or something. Um, now, since he's older, I am, we moved here. I'm, I'll be visiting him like twice or three times every month. Um, but he lives here, thankfully. Okay. Yeah. So you're in Fort Worth. Um, I'm not going to reveal my location. Okay. <laughs> no, we, we were there in April. We went to the we better. We came down for the Dallas, uh, yeah, the, the event they had there for the Mines Better Discord event. I'd say <laughs> I like Dallas money, but I prefer Fort Worth attitude. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. I've only been only been to Texas. <laughs> only that, been to Texas once. That one time. So I yeah. need to go back. There's definitely a lot we need to explore about Texas. It's huge. It's massive. And massive. Yeah. Austin. I think the Austin area I want to check out because that's where all the comedy and culture seems yeah, yeah. to be. Yeah, that's where you we used to live. We used to we bought our house there in twenty twenty one. And then like in one year, our house value almost doubled. So then wow. I was like, ooh, I don't know if I want to live here. Because yeah. we have like 3% property tax, and I'm not ready to spend <laughs> that much money every month for the things I never get to use. It's a lot. Yeah. So, so. The, the next subject uh, I wanted to get into, which I guess is the other main thing I wanted to talk to you about, is, is fitness. And yeah. um, it's something that you're really into. You post a lot of very nice pictures on Twitter, <laughs> which we like looking at. We joke that you have that that pose. Yeah, you have like this, this pose that you do. Sure. Yeah. Simon pose. But, you know, there was this thread that you shared a couple weeks ago, which had me thinking. And it was this beefy, muscly OnlyFans guy who had made a post about, I guess, putting people in check who post these types of oh. selfies online and saying, you know, he... He said that someone had posted a selfie and said, oh, you know, getting my body ready for pride. And he had this whole thread in a rant about gay body fascism. He had termed it, you know, and that by saying things like that, you're implying other bodies aren't ready for pride, or ready for this, or ready for that. Are you all in New York? That iconic New York sound on the background. I love it's it. Getting it's, a little dude, it, like we kind of. We kind of just like let it fucking happen at this point because well, it's like part of our vibe now. <laughs> yeah, very New York. Sounded so it's cool. so New York. But yeah, you know, so that that thread did have me thinking, and one of the things you know I thought about is like other people's insecurities, and yeah. obviously we don't want to be insensitive people. We won't. We don't want to deliberately make people feel like shit. But at the end of the day, like if someone's feeling insecure about their body and how they look or their health, etc that is no one else's problem but theirs um you know if you post your shirtless selfies or this and that or your your post-workout thing and you're like hey you know i i just did this or that like how other people feel about that should not be your fucking problem so i i just i found it so funny and you know you had mentioned it too when you shared the thread how hypocritical it was too it's like here's this only fans guy right chiseled ripped trying to preach to people about i don't need attention <laughs> you know yeah, trying to preach about like not making people people feel bad. I remember one of the commenters too, like scrolled through his likes and his feed, and it was all these chiseled men. And it's like, aren't you being a hypocrite right now? Like all your content is this, about these types of bodies, you know, that you're saying we shouldn't like be making people feel bad about. But yeah, so talk a bit about that. Talk a bit about fitness. Why did you decide to get into it and change yourself? I saw your before after pictures from 2019 to now, and yeah. you've put on some muscles. Thank you. I. Been eating a lot. Oh wait, I was born this way. <laughs> well, um, the main why I started doing fitness and exploring all of that is because I wanted to get the dudes I wanted, and they didn't like me. It's that simple. It's not because like I want to be healthy. I want to look better. No, I wasn't getting the things I wanted. Right, and I didn't want to do 
like some casual encounters with um i'm sorry but like i'm not into obese people or very old people so we like what we like and i was like i don't want to be in the situation and then at first you know i was bitter like no it's wrong they're just being you know fitness fascist but then i was like why not try join the gym why not try and do something about it and then eventually i discovered that i do like that my clothes fit better i don't have to spend money on expensive clothing because i can buy something cheap and still look great because i've invested my time into something else right um i can, it's also very like it boosts your confidence when you look good naked right when someone looks at you with this like i want you look you feel like yeah i'm like that powerful it right? is nice. yeah it is right? like that's why you see for example a lot of uh, old paintings when like women would what they used to dress for they used to dress for that look from other men right because it is very because like that way you know that you hold the power over them and it's yeah. it's kind of sexy it um and also i realized that showing my son that being strong is good it's a good thing where i get to be playful with him i don't struggle lifting things you know and he can see for himself that people treat me differently because whether you don't like it or like it we are animals yes we do have some consciousness but there are even some studies that show that babies react to cuter people differently babies. yeah they've done studies on like faces for example and they found that babies were tend to tended to be more attracted to more symmetrical faces yeah. and those sorts of things it's true one of the points i want to bring up is like you know sex sells it's oh, the it does. it's the truth and you you don't have to like it wait remember um, uh, i don't know if you remember there was this dude who posted one photo of him in the speedos with an american flag <laughs> he immediately gained like thirteen thousand followers after one photo yeah and i, <laughs> I like, tweeted that saying like so i've been selling my book i've been doing things yes but just reminds you that sex sells this is what I wanted to talk about. And it's like, cause it can be frustrating. I say, say you're someone who doesn't have sex appeal and you are really good at something. I, I, I can understand why it might be frustrating where you put all this work and effort into being good at something. And then you just feel like I'm not getting ahead because I just don't look good. And the way I see it is you got to put that aside and just do the thing, you know, change what you can about yeah. your body, accept what you can't, but you need to accept the reality that sex sells. There is no way around that. You're never going to change it. Um, if you have that card in your deck, play it a bit to your advantage if you can, especially if you don't have other good ones. And if you don't, you know, don't fixate so much on not having that card, sex appeal, and sex play, the, play the other cards you have, you know? Sex feels good, and it yeah. feels better when you're fit. Yeah. Because you get to be more flexible. You get to lift more um, heavier things, right? I love, uh, I love that you were upfront about that though, right from the beginning, because I do feel like a lot of people will just say like, oh, well, it's for my health. It's, you know, it's for this, it's for that. It's, it's for all of that. That's how I look, look at it. You know, yes, it's for my health. I want to be in shape to feel better. And when I get older, yeah. I'll be able to do things and be more functional. You age better when you yes. do fitness. But my, my prime, like my primary reason to become more like a fitness addict was because I wasn't getting the the D I wanted. Yeah. It's that simple. <laughs> but and it, then it, I realized that I yeah. it's good for my health. It's good for everything. And I cannot imagine my life without fitness. It's yeah. a lifestyle. But I do like that you're upfront about that because it's yeah. like people who do get into it, they might try to pretend that, oh, oh. I don't want to look good naked. Come on, we know that that's one it's yeah. That's like probably motivation number one for most people who get in shape. We do want to look good naked. We do want to be appealing. We do want to be desirable. It's understandable. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's human. It's not something people should be ashamed of. And then if you're someone who's worked hard to achieve that, to really put that effort in. Sorry. Yeah. You should. New York ambiance. If you're someone who's worked hard to achieve that, why should you not be able to show that a little bit just because someone might feel bad, might feel insecure? Yeah. They might, don't have to yeah. look. They don't well, have to forcing them to look. Yeah, you, can un, so, you can unfollow, you can mute, you can block. My main thing is like not responsible for your insecurities. Yep. If you're not insecure about yourself, it's not my business. Yeah. I'm not posting things like you're ugly, right? Or like, look at me, look at you. We're not the same, right? I don't post things like that because that's bad. But I do try to make silly quotes and, you know, I'm very self-aware. I even posted several like days or weeks ago and I post many times that 
I don't have the face of a 10. That's why I invest somewhere else, right? What? Like, Your face works. Full stop. No, I have a massive nose. I have no, no, no eyes and big no, it doesn't matter, man. Like a little it's a there. Everyone has little things about themselves right. that we're just self-conscious right. about. Right. But that's that's an important point too. You know, it's like accept what you accept what you can't change. Really try to change what you can if it bothers you that much. And if it doesn't, right. it's fine too. You know, I have heavy friends who own that and they're fine with it. They understand there are consequences to that. And as long as they understand that, that's fine. Yeah. But I also have heavy heavy friends who have not quite accepted that, but they haven't done anything about it either. So they kind of wallow and it's just, it's a constant battle. And that's the thing about weight and health and this stuff. It's not fair. People are, we're, it's not, life isn't fair. We're rolled different it's genes. It's not? No, it's, it's not. So, wow. It's all, it's such a roll of the dice, you oh. know? For some people, it might be really easy yeah. for them to put weight on and incredibly difficult to, to take it off. For other it's people, it's very like, hard for me to yeah. gain any weight. Like that's I have me. to that's eat me. food to gain any muscle because I that's I have a high metabolism. Even though some people like, yeah. oh, you're lucky you can eat a pizza, yes. but like I want to give I want to be bulkier. Yes, and it's hard. I'm so glad you brought this then, up. The pro that's the thing. Wait, no one mentions that if you eat a lot, that food has to go somewhere. <laughs> you also spend a lot of time in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. not a fan of that, you know. Yeah. So I I struggle with that too, man. Like putting on weight. I used to be really really underweight. So you started in 2019 your journey. Yeah. Uh, how much did you weigh then? Oh, oh I, I don't remember in pounds. I think I was because um, at that time I was calculating everything still in kilograms let me convert real quick i don't even measure that shit i should i'm not now i know my weight in pounds i switched to pounds um i was 140 pounds okay and you're how tall um six one so you're, you're pretty tall yeah so i'm i'm about 145 right now 146 and what's your height i'm like 510 so i'm a little shorter but five so five. <laughs> 2019, around the same time you started, yeah. was kind of around when I my mindset started to change as well, and I started to try to do things. I was 124, man, at my worst. Oh, wow, I was really bad. I was like too He's skinny, scrawny depressed, little, scrawny little Daniel. Yeah, working my ass off, depressed, all that stuff. And I did get to a point just with like pains, back pains, where I'm just like, I'm. I was 29. I'm like, yeah. I'm, too, I'm too young to be feeling this way already. So I just something clicked and I'm like, let me, let me oh, really yeah. get on this. Something clicked like yeah. your boyfriend being like, you need to put some weight on and it really exercise. And yeah. Your testosterone increases when you do fitness and testosterone is really important for yeah. men. Yes. Yeah, so important. if you don't have that morning wood, you might want to see your doctor. Yeah. For real. Cause it's important. It's that it might seem like trivial or like how people, um, what I do on Twitter, and people think that sometimes I'm a bitch, but I do say things that some people are afraid to say, like, looks matter. No one had their, I'm sorry, but like, no one had their blood flow because, like, damn, your beautiful soul makes me so horny, right? No one, no one said that. Like, damn, your congeniality. Oh, I'm so ready, <laughs> right? No, it's not yeah. like that because we are sexual creatures. We, whether you want it, like, whether you are conscious about it or not, subconsciously we judge people based on their looks because it's our primer primal instinct we had our um evolutionary we spend more time developing that than our consciousness our consciousness is relatively new so all of that when you see for example someone and think like that person is an asshole that is all also that instinct that tells you that based on the things you probably didn't realize you can judge someone because like whatever you see it's still re representation of, of themselves right yeah and looks do matter in that sense and fitness makes you just feel better about yourself that you when you look past who you used to be and now and you see the progression it makes me feel so powerful same it is a good feeling and it's 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 that's an anchor too it's like one of those things you can like go back to and you know like man i all this other shit in my life that's out of control i can't control this i can't control yeah. that it's like but you can really go back to the body and remember like, well, I can control this. I can do something about this. I can build this. Yeah. It's very immediate solution, an immediate thing you can do if you're feeling crappy or, or whatever. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about the flip side of this too. So 
the one side of it is like people who just don't exercise, don't work out, never, never pick a damn thing up. And then there's like, I've noticed this other side of it too, of people who like really obsess over this stuff, obsess over the gym, obsess over their looks, obsess, getting bigger, 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 more muscle, that sort of thing. And, you know, there's that aspect of this, of this too. And it's about finding balance, I think, you know, cause yeah. anything can become a sort of addiction in a sense, you can become really, really hooked on it to fill a void. And maybe some people fall into the gym for that reason. There are worse addictions, clearly. I mean, if um, you're addicted to anything. I Every what? addiction I think is bad. You just have to choose your addictions wisely. What um, I mean is I, I would rather have someone addicted to the gym than addicted right. to heroin. So. Um, <laughs> true. I think, you know, the older I am, the more I think that that symbol of the yin and the yang, that's basically life in a nutshell. That is. if you look at everything, it has to be balanced. It has to be in harmony. When you're too kind, you forget about yourself. It's not good. When you're too egoistic, not selfish. I don't like when people think that selfish, selfishness is bad. No, we're all acting in our self-interest. You love someone because it makes you feel good. You make you give them a gift because it makes you feel good, knowing that they feel good about it, right? Yes. So we're all selfish in that sense. But when you, you're too much about it, you don't care about others to like a very disgu disgusting degree. That's also not good. And same thing with fitness, being too much into it. I mean, it's your choice or not being into it. It's your choice. But um, I think it has to be in harmony. And another thing, don't expect me to agree with that choice. Like... That's also, I think, a major problem with our society. They think that I should agree with them because they think like I should agree with them. Yeah. When, um, and not, it might sound very transphobic to some people, but when a man in a dress with a beard says he's a woman, I'm not buying it. Yeah. You feel this way, but I'm not perceiving you as a woman. It doesn't mean that I have to agree with you because you say you're a woman. What if I say I'm a billionaire? Yeah. But my checking account doesn't agree with it. <laughs> I <right>? wait. <laughs> So it's, that's not how life works. It's so. the, the trans thing is a subject that we cover heavily on here. And as you probably see from our Twitter, we're also very outspoken about oh, yeah. things going on with that. And, you know, it's definitely a complicated, hot topic right now. That's for sure. It's touchy. Let me, let me ask you, Simon, as yeah. a father, what do you think is an age appropriate? Like, when should you breach the conversation about sex? And, and what do you think is the, you know needed information like just to give it a, um, a it depends um usually kids are very i think it's human nature when you're curious about things that you can do nobody wants you to hear so when parents hide everything sexual from their kids it usually results in a lot of traumas and that's how you see especially among gays you see them getting into very perverted approach to sex. I mean, well, like people are kinky in their way, but some things are like too much in my opinion. Um, you know, I have a working theory that kink is uh, emotional scar tissue. Yeah. I right. Mean, um, and in that sense, bad. I can tell you that my son, he, he knows my husband cause we, we've been spending almost every weekend together. One day when he was, I think four, like four and a half, he asked me like, when I'm not home, do you sleep with Taylor? I said, yeah, we do. We sleep in the same bed. He said, like, do you have your underwear on? <laughs> so I said, yeah, we do. I mean, I didn't tell him that we don't, but <laughs> I told him, like, yeah, we do. He's like, okay. And that's it. He stopped. After that, he never asked me any, anything. So he knows that, like, I live with Taylor and I love him and he loves me. Yeah, he doesn't need to know anything no. right now about that. I'm actually... not going to go into the details yeah. like, hey, honey, this is a douche. This yeah. is how you use it. <laughs> no. Right. But he was curious about it. I fulfilled his curiosity in an appropriate way. And he forgot about it. He never asked that question again. So later when he's probably going to be like a teenager going through puberty, that's when um, I think it's appropriate for, I think it's a duty of every parent to start talking about it. I don't also understand very prude parents who don't talk about sex. Like it's a very common thing in Russia. Mm -hmm. when parents try to avoid any sex, um, sex talks with kids, and it's not healthy because when you go to school, you don't have proper proper um, sex education classes. Like my sex ed classes were like, well, you know the thing, right? <laughs> That's it. No, nothing that. else. And my favorite part was when I was no. in ninth grade, 
um, I, one of the teachers came in and said, like, I need all the girls to leave this room and follow me. So what happened, they told the girls how to use condoms, what what is birth, what birth control is, and many other things. They never said a word about condoms to, to the boys. Never. That makes no sense. Right? So, like, the girls, you need to know how to handle things. The boys, whatever. You know? Yes, do what you want. Yeah, th thankfully, it wasn't like that here for me in America. Yeah. I mean, in New Jersey, where I was coming of age. We did have sex ed, and it went over all the basics. I, I don't feel like there was anything in particular that they didn't tell us about yeah. and was, like we knew gay and all that existed and they it, there was a brief section where it was taught about in sex ed and that was it you know sometimes people are gay and that's it we there wasn't anything more we needed to know yeah and it started around middle school and then you know you would get a bit more in high school and it would just you get a bit more according to the age appropriateness yeah i don't see anything wrong with keeping it like that but what we're seeing in this you know this new woke movement from mostly the political left right basically all the political left is this push to like lower the age lower and lower and start teaching about like these literally things. teaching kindergartners and preschoolers about yeah. masturbation well it's it's not just that they also start bringing up stuff about gender identity what pisses me off i'm 27 i'm still figuring out what it means to be a man yes i'm still learning things me too and you're saying that a kid of eight years old is powerful enough to identify as anything. And like, if you work with kids, you know, they, they, they love this role played games because that's yes. how they learn. That's yeah. how they study this world. They try to play those roles to see what it feels like. My son, he used to play this game. Like I'm a cat. Should I, I guess I should have taken him to the vet, you know, and get him spayed and stuff. Right. Like, a litter box. Right, let's bring the litter box. No, um, I think we should leave gender identity. Like after 18, if you feel like you want to cut your Y chromosome down there, do it after 18. Before 18, when your body, like legally, you're not responsible for yourself, it's under your parents. I don't think it's a good way. We should yeah. keep it simple at like gays do this, lesbians do this. Who else left? Oh, yeah, the straight people, they also do some stuff. Oh, yeah, that. Them, right? Yeah. Non-gay people. Also, because, like, I live in Texas, and it is kind of conservative, and I see how some schools, they don't want to even talk about this, but then not talking about the fact that gay people exist is not going to make them disappear, yeah. right? And it's going to create this sense, like, oh, it's forbidden. So I'm even more curious about it. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think well, it's healthy. Part of why we're speaking out against some of the crazy things we're seeing coming from the LGBTQ movement is because there is community, community quote unquote, because there is backlash and we are seeing some of it. And, you know, we are concerned. We don't want to see the pendulum swing back the other way. And I don't want to see like a huge wave of radical right conservatives form just because we're freaking them out and thinking that we're coming for their kids. You're going to find like, them on Grindr as a blind profile. Yes, though, yeah. right? <laughs> like, who, if someone is really against the gays, I'm sure they have a grinder profile. Yes. Maga Daddies sure. only. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some, feel, some Twitter accounts like that, they follow me and you see their yeah. posts. I'm like, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Toad, Toad posts about that all the time. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to follow back always. Or if They're, you follow back, you don't have to, you know, stay following back. You can yeah. unfollow. <laughs> and some of them, they reach out to me in the DM saying, like, follow back. I mean, are you serious? I no don't want to see that on in my thread. No like one has my... done that to me yet. No one has like told me to follow them back in my DM. Oh, I had several people ask really? me to follow them back. Yeah. Oh my. Okay. That's a little. Like, I I don't owe you a follow. Maybe I'm gonna yeah. lose some followers after this. But if I don't like your account, if I'm not interested, I'm not gonna follow you. Right. Exactly. Kind of simple for a follow. Yeah. 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 So the last thing, I guess we'll end with this. Yeah. Too. I wanted to talk uh, about your book. You put a book out. Yeah, um, I did. It's a I'm working on another one right now, but it's more of a fiction. Okay. Um, it's my take on the um, on the affirmative action and what's happening to the United, the United States. And like briefly, I started writing this book with the removal of the Lincoln statue from Boston. I remember that. And... I, I wrote that before the statue was removed. That, yeah, that it's going to happen. Yeah, I described that. Yeah, yeah, I described that the statue was going to be removed before. And I was like, damn, 
I need a button with the X Files theme. I know, right? <laughs> well, I wish. I lost some money on stocks, so no. But yeah, if you looked at where things were heading in the country, though, it was not unpredictable. There yeah. were people, you know, saying these things like, "Watch, you can start removing Jefferson or start removing Washington." There like, was actually some weird shit like that. That's that's precedented. Uh, people like when the Titanic went down, there was a short story in in a in the newspaper like the month or like you know a few months before the Titanic sunk. Or a similar event had gone down, and people pointed it out later. With an iceberg, too. Yeah, it was like the same fucking thing. It was Interesting. like a, you know, an unsinkable ship hit an iceberg. Fascinating. You know, they got cocky or whatever. So this is yeah. more like a, like an like a nonfiction political type book. Uh, the book that I published is more of a um, self help book. Yeah. In, with twelve chapters, six of them are about your body, six of them are about your spirit. I wrote it during the pandemic when we're all were stuck in home. Like in Texas, we were not. But I wrote for the people who were really scared. It's um, it's it's a product of several years of me thinking and working with different people. I worked in several. I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not a psychologist. But I I didn't have the money to go through all of this. But I was just reading the books. I was studying literature, human nature, and um, I was I helped several individuals escape suicide, including okay. myself, and they they learned to love their life. And that was a product of what I discovered, what I think helped people. Um, and I split it in two parts because I think like I brought up earlier, the yin and the yang, it's all interconnected. So if you don't take care of your body, your mind's going to go south. If you don't, don't, don't take care of your mind, like you always consume crap or you find yourself, um, binge watching Netflix where you only consume and never think of what you consume. Uh-huh. It's going to result that like your, your body's going to start basically getting rotten because um, your thoughts indeed, they like, mm, let me think how to word this. Um, ma- ma- one major thing that changed my life view is I started praying every day for the things I was thankful for. I started with like, thank you for letting me wake up and have my kidneys working for having no problems with hemorrhoids. Thank you for like having checking account with money, like with food in my fridge. And that eventually translated into the way I look when I look at my pictures right now versus who I used to be in 2018, the change is drastic. And it's not just because like I started taking care of my skin with a moisturizer. It's the energy because it's all connected. Like you can see the person who may be not like, oh, Adriano Cilentano, he's a Italian actor. He's not as pretty as you might think. He's not very pretty, but the energy he had, he was so charming that you never thought of it. Yeah, so that's a good point. There, there's something more to attractiveness for sure. Yes. The, the physical looks of someone, you know, there's a confidence, there's like a, a demeanor, a way that you carry yourself, a charm. And, you know, even just like being really like good at something, you know, oh, you, could, yeah. you could be like not a very or average looking, not a very attractive average looking person, but like you really shred at the guitar or like you're just an amazing painter. And yeah there's sex appeal in that stuff too and i think people underestimate the sex appeal and those sorts of things your skills your talents the other oh, things absolutely. how you carry yourself your confidence like yeah more to that you know than just that's work. what i also was trying to what, what i mentioned in the book is how um main thing with today's people is they don't really live meaningful lives they mm-hmm. never like that void what am, what am i here for what is good what is bad what what i like what i don't like instead of thinking of those hard questions that you need to answer and not just that you change every second you change every minute so maybe by the time you figure it out that you like something and that's who you are next month that's not you you're a different person whatever worked before might not work today so with all of that instead of facing those problems those the existential questions people prefer to use some external stimulus to get those endorphins so they forget about it but the problem is you can forget about what you came here for but it doesn't make that question disappear it just you stop thinking about it but the problem never went away and that's why you see people um even on grinder um uh so i'm just again i'm thinking how to word this when you don't answer that question when you never have that talk with yourself 
you want more and more extreme and extreme things because whatever worked before no longer satisfies you. It doesn't give you as many endorphins as you want because your body wants more. And that's how drug addicts, they get more heroin. They need a bet like a higher dose. And you see that with social media and any other addiction. Like I chose my addiction as lattes. Like I can't live without them. I usually drink about four or five a day. Yeah, I love coffee too. So I feel I that love it. I wanted to read this quote um, that I just came to mind when you were talking. It's by Viktor Frankl. He wrote the book Man's Search for Meaning. He wrote yeah. other books too, but that book is, uh, I recommend it if you haven't read it. Everyone else listening. Oh, I read it. Yeah. It's one of the most important books I've ever read in my life. So very impactful. He wrote, when a person can't find a deep sense of meaning, they distract themselves with pleasure. Absolutely. And, and what you're talking about here, for sure, it sounds like. And it's never enough. That's the problem because pleasure is comes from, with your body. Yeah. But the thing that makes you feel satisfied is your mind. Yeah. Because you can say, like, I've had enough. And then you and also people confuse pleasure with happiness. Pleasure and happiness are different matters. Yeah. Well, the same with meaning. People confuse oh, yeah. meaning and happiness. And this is one of the things Frankel wrote about. And Jordan Peterson talks about this too. Like it's, yeah, pleasure is great, you know, but meaning does not come from pleasure. Actually, a, a lot of meaning comes from suffering. A lot of meaning comes from lifting a burden that you're worthy of, Peterson yeah. would say. So to be, to have a meaningful life might mean to do something very difficult. That's actually challenging and not always pleasurable. It might, you know, there'll be yeah. moments where it's meaningful and it feels good and it is pleasurable, but a lot of it's going to be hard work and a lot of it's going to be unpleasurable, but it brings meaning. That's why you do it. Yeah. And I think happiness is more of a collateral damage rather than yeah. the goal per se. Yes. I don't agree with, uh, I don't remember whether it was Plato, um, Aristoteles, um, about half, I think it was uh, Arist I, I forgot how y'all pronounce him in English. I read him in Russian. Um, the the favorite dude of Ayn Rand, even though she disagreed with him. Aristotle's how we say it. Yeah, er that dude. So um, striving for happiness is nice, but it's never going to satisfy your life, satisfy you, or like it's not going to make you feel good about your life. And in that sense, it reminds me of a tweet I saw. I don't remember by who. Um, there was a obese person body positive person and someone who was very ripped and that person tweeted that one person embraced suffering the other one rejected it so i think once you accept suffering that it's inevitable you suffer every day and literally my body is dying but that's the price i paid to live yeah and i want to make out as as much as i can from it and rather um maybe do things i don't like but in the long run i know it's going to pay off and even if it doesn't I'm going to learn some things from it. If, if I, that mindset is very important when you feel like, like forgive yourself for the mistakes you made, forgive other people for the things they did to you and acknowledge that you learned something that allows you to actually grow. We could connect that too, to fitness and in, in the same oh, way. Yeah. Look, if you want that body that you're striving for, you're going to suffer. You're going to have to like do the leg day and all that. And it's going to, it's going to be frustrating. Some days you might not want to do it. Some days you're going to have to actually literally force yourself. Um, but it will bring meaning, right? It's going to change you and it'll hurt and it'll hurt. But you know, I think that just goes back to this point is like, you do have to suffer a bit, but it doesn't hurt if you use popper. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. I don't know what those are. You don't know what those are? Stop my train. What did you say? Brian? Muscle relaxant. That's what I heard about. Muscle for what? What do they use that for? Straight people, go Google it. For no, straight people don't know about it. I asked straight people, like, do you know what poppers are? They're like, no. They don't have to use that. No. Azodilator. No. Well, it hurts in the beginning, but then you learn to enjoy it, right? We just and went from from aristotle to this to poppers it's all tight you know it's all connected but i can also tie to let's say deadlifts i used my personal record was when i was bulking 475 a conventional deadlift wow. and the first Damn. rep i did i didn't make it i like the bar fell it hurt but then i decided to do it again and I actually did it so i used my consciousness to actually push myself to tell myself that no i'm more than this mm -hmm. and i can do this if i use just my body or like um my desire to be lazy it wouldn't have happened are you familiar with david goggins 
sounds familiar, but I. You would sure. love David Goggins. He's like he's all about. Is he cute? He's. I mean, he's a very handsome man. He's older, okay. man, though. So I don't know. Uh, definitely follow him on Instagram. Yeah, he's great. Read his read his book called <laughs> just, Can't. Just follow him on Instagram. You'll enjoy. It. You'll get a, a feeling. Yeah, he does like these inspirational kind of motivational videos, and he's he'll always be, yelling and he's really aggressive. He tells you how to, you know, take care. David, who again? Yeah. He'll, he'll, David Gawkins. So he'll be like yelling at you about some shit, and then while he's like lecturing you, he's like getting it. He's like, like running. running or pumping something, oh. or and oh, I know him, the running dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a great book. It's called "Can't Hurt Me." I highly recommend it. Yeah. it you know, he goes through his life story in it and the things he went through, uh, just in the military, dealing with racism, being overweight, depressed, all that stuff, and how he just. Changed. He changed yeah, yeah. his mindset one day and just completely transformed himself. It's an ultra marathon. Yeah. Runner. So it's like his story is really amazing. And he has some great exercises in the book, too, that are supposed to help people, you know, reclaim. Yeah. So it's like part self help, part uh, autobiography, I guess. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Can't hurt me. Good book. I guess I, I use similar approach in my book because I shared a lot of personal stories there with some exercises like. Yeah. One of the exercises I shared there was if you're going through time when you're depressed, but you know that you need to do something, find a small and achievable goal yeah, and just start working. For example, when I was waiting for my work permit, I was going through like it was after my parents came out. I was very depressed. I started knitting just to entertain myself because I couldn't work um, and I didn't want, didn't want to work for donations. So USCIS would have caught me doing that, you know, so I decided to knit. And I set some goals, like to knit a scarf, and eventually I actually fell in love with it. And, and I was able to entertain my mind, so I wasn't thinking of how depressed I was. Yeah. I think Peterson talks about that, too, Jordan Peterson. That yeah. Find, like, a like a like an immediate thing, just something small, anything, and just start there. And what's start that, that saying, too? Uh, idle hands are the devil's plaything? Idle hands right. are the devil's plaything. I, I like jo Jordan Peterson, but some of the things that he said, I was like, um... You kind he's of look like a sold out in a way, but okay. You're still a, like, he's a great thinker. Yeah. I'm going to give him that. He's a wonderful thinker. And when I was reading his book, um, 12 Rules for Life, he made me think that I'm, I might not know those things about the, like Russian literature. So thank you for shaming me as a Russian. Like, <laughs> he made me start reading certain things that I didn't know about. He really knows the Russian literature. Yeah, he, he, yeah. he made me read Crime and Punishment. I definitely read that. Oh, after. love that book. Well, my favorite, though, is um, the Karamazov Brothers. I have that not read That much it better. I it's a harder it. book. The first hundred pages, you're going to be wondering, why are you telling me this? Okay. <laughs> well, typical, I, I, I finished. I did War and Peace. So if I can get through War and Peace, I can probably don't get through. like Tolstoy. I love <laughs> Tolstoy. We have the same birthday, too. Daniel tells people to read War and Peace, and I'm like, don't. I love don't War and Peace. No. Well, Anna Karenina was good, but War and Peace, no, I didn't like it. Usually in Russia, we have people who either love Tolstoy or they love Dostoevsky, never both. I like both, So, but I'm American, so I don't count. Tolstoy, he's more of a... Um, sociology person he thinks a lot of things come from the society yeah. but dostoevsky thinks it comes from within and i agree more with dostoevsky on many things and also he predicted the entire 20th century although really his books are not for everyone spoiler if you're never read i'm not going to say what happened but even the crime of punishment for the you read for like 80 pages nothing happens you just read about the city the like how hot it is then let's say murder happens and then murder for the happens. Of, 400 pages it's just you know some thoughts and psychological thoughts and thoughts. yeah yeah it's it's a, it's a yeah raskolnikov too is an interesting um yeah it's like you kind of want to root for him sort of but at the no. same time you're like like you feel a little bad for him but you're just like this guy's gonna get caught like the more like the, the more he no. but it's just funny because he thinks he's gonna get caught and as it goes on he doesn't and he just yeah. started feeling worse and worse and worse to the point where, you know, <laughs> I'm not spoiling, but he discovers in that book um, that the person who he was before he killed the lady is not the same person who he became yeah. after that happened. Mm -hmm. And not just, can I give some, I mean, it's a known book, but can I give some spoilers about the sure. death? Totally. So, um, <laughs> alleged, he was, another thing, he was planning everything precisely. He thought it was going to happen according to his plan, but. Instead of killing just one person, he ended up killing three. Mm -hmm. He killed the lady, the old lady, 
and then the lady who came to check on the old lady and she was allegedly pregnant so okay. instead of killing just one person she ended up uh, he ended up killing three and then he didn't know what to do with the money and he didn't take the money he took yeah he hit it he took. yeah and yeah he just hit it. Where. That, that's the problem with a lot of like expropriate people they think they know how it's going to happen they think they know how to run things but then you discover that you're not the same person after that happens you don't know what actually to do with it and you're not that smart enough to keep this world in harmony you're yeah. not god and playing god is never never a good idea there's it's always a, a curveball there's always a twist i guess we'll we'll end, on, we'll end on that note we're a little over an hour here simon where can people find you or where's the preferred place you um, to find you i'll put that link for your book in the description below on twitter or real simon uh sz i think sz and Go same uh same handle on uh, my instagram but on instagram i post um a little bit different pictures all um, traps. so you're saying instagram is all thirst traps that's not what all okay so my instagram is where i post usually two pictures one is it it's a fitness trap and then the second picture is let's say some um uh, landscape with some bait like random quotes um and um and you can find me in dallas fort worth i'm a very simple person yeah well next time we're in texas we'll we'll let you know and we'll yeah. meet up and get some coffee or have a drink or something have dinner it'd be fun yeah. Yeah. husband we'll do double date thing absolutely yeah i mean there's some other social media but... <laughs> brent hey everyone's got to know how hot our guests are <laughs> you can find me on some other social media but if you do find me that's on you so. oh, oh the description yeah. well not those links yeah we'll put them in the description <laughs> simon thank you again for thank you for having me this was a lovely discussion and we'll we'll do it again at some point i'm sure this is oh yeah i'm down plenty of shit to talk about in the world and the gay world and all this crap and the woke stuff and the country and man. Yeah. I think I talk, I want to talk about next time, maybe about the gay community, what it, what it's like, because I don't think we have a community. So to say yeah. when I was trying to get to be part of that community, the pool parties, you know, it's really, um, I'm going to end it with this. So like someone told me that I'm white. So my slavery doesn't count. Wow. And, since, and since I wasn't a socialist, I was not a good person to talk to. Wow. So, yeah. Well, Brent and I were familiar. We're in New York, so and Oof. we're a bit, you know, involved yeah. with a little in the Fire Island scene, and a lot of them are woke over there. And yeah, if you're if you're not, aren't. a lot of them aren't too. You know, I was surprised. I met a couple people on Fire Island who are they're very closeted, which is yeah. funny being yeah. closeted for gays. Yes, closeted based yeah. conservative they're gay. Right? their basedness is closeted which is not based so no no yeah. you can't be by the way conservative in my opinion and gay if you are conservative gay you're going through conversion therapy like milo if you're <laughs> not you're just a centrist yeah. but we just moved so far left that you became too of a right you can have some values that yeah. are more conservative and you can have some values that are maybe a little more liberal depending on you know which thing you're talking about or right. something there's nothing wrong with that man we no. gotta stop pigeonholing people and trying to box our minds into these categories it's yeah. very rigid and, and as long as they're not from new jersey then it's yeah you know yeah we're fucking smelly and shitty <laughs> yeah the armpit of america the armpit hey you know. everybody follow simon on twitter and instagram <laughs> don't forget to like subscribe leave a comment and share the show yeah. with your friends Let's give us a donation and we love you we'll be back again soon bye bye hey, thank you for having me